it's generous calling it a situation. I'm not even sure if it is a situation <laughs> or a capitulation or a whatever kind of nation. We need to call Wolf Blitzer. We need to call oh. Wolf Blitzer. He's um, the expert on the word situation. Welcome to Soccer Situations. It's episode 10. It's a mini milestone episode. Um, we've only just gotten started. We've barely set up the studio and already the godfathers of uh, American footy podcasting are already talking about us. Um, that was Roger Bennett, my brother Chicagoan who no longer lives in Chicago and uh, the only Evertonian eloquent enough to do their experience poetic justice. Um he didn't sound too impressed with us yet, but that's fine, Raj. Um, we value feedback at this stage. At this stage. <laughs> we'll be too good for it uh, soon enough, I promise. Um, it won't take long um, because I live my fantasies, and this podcast is already huge in my mind. Anyway, we've got a slightly different one today. Um, Alex was too busy um, to attend a recording session this week. So um, I'm going solo. This week it's going to be more WTF than Matt and Shane, um, which honestly suits me. Uh, I love a rant, as anyone who knows me knows. I would love to keep ranting about White Lotus. I hate being behind on television because I want to talk about it now and everybody's already over that. On to the next one. Uh, Although I'll talk Last of Us as well. Oh my God, this week's episode of Last of Us. Heavy stuff. Um... But instead, we'll talk football, I guess. Um, even though, as usual, this season for me, it's it's not a fun chat this week. As Liverpool, for the second time in a week, lost to Brighton and Hove Albion, um, this time in the FA Cup. Um, I am going to take some positives from this, actually. Um, it's easy to find positives when, you're, when your team is this low. Any sort of bright spot shines really, really brightly. So um, the performance of Stefan Basetic really stood out to me. Again, the kid is looking more and more like the real deal. I love it. I'm a big fan. Um, I would say the performance of Kanate also really stood out. He's maturing. But my guy um, did his hamstring in that game and is going to be out for a few weeks at least. With Liverpool's luck, that means a couple of months probably. Um, So that is a bummer. Um, But overall, I saw a lot more fight in the team, and that's such a cliche. But when you're this low, when your team is playing this badly, that's, that's where you have to begin. It's a cliche for a reason. And in the end, we only lost out to an absolute wonder goal that was so beautiful, I'm not even mad about it. In fact, the game was heading to a replay, um, which I really didn't want. So when Matoma took that bonus touch, psyched out our whole defense, and then slotted home with the same foot, um, he gave me he gave me so many gifts. He gave me a goal that I instantly knew I'd remember forever, um, like the Eduardo volley against Burnley, um, or the Bergkamp goal that Mike gonna mention later in this episode. Um, 
it was that beautiful of a goal. It was incredible. Um, well worth talking about. And um, in the end, he saved us an FA Cup replay that probably would have fallen between um, the two Real Madrid fixtures in the Champions League. <laughs> um, so I think with that extra rest we'll get, um, that should put us over the line against Real Madrid. I'm sure we'll be fine. Also on the Liverpool front, um, this week BBC presenter uh, Julia Bould wondered if possibly we made a mistake extending Mohamed Salah's contract. Um, she says, it's all in hindsight, isn't it? There's a big clamor to get him signed up to this long-term deal, and it happened somewhere else. It wasn't hindsight for this podcast. If Julia Bould listened to soccer situations, she would know. I was calling for his sale, not last this past summer, but the summer before that, when we could have gotten north of 100 mil for him and done another rebuild. Um, just like we did with Coutinho, the model was right there for us. Um, we got caught up, I think, in, I don't know, fan passion for the player. Um, Michael Edwards' departure maybe had something to do with the poor decision-making. Who knows? But it, I thought it was an obviously poor choice at the time, and it's, it's panning out that way. Everton are about to find some fight as well, um, having appointed Sean Dyche as their new manager this week. Um, it's funny that they're officially cycling through the relegation savior managers. They've had Allardyce already, and now Dyche's turn is up. Um, and yeah, I'm going to be really upset when he inevitably keeps them up. I really think he will. Dice is a cliche also, but he knows what he's doing. Um, but despite that relatively um, intelligent appointment, there's a lot of funny stuff still going on at Everton. Um, Anthony Gordon, um, their brightest academy prospect in a long time, uh, went on strike, missed a few days of training to force a move to Newcastle um, for £45 million. Pounds. I've seen a few Everton fans saying that they're happy to get that amount of money for him. But if we're, if we're being honest, I mean, they were praising that kid as their golden child in the summer. And it's just not a good look that your academy talisman is missing training to force his way out of the club. Um, although I guess it is pretty good, you have to admit, to get $45 million for a kid that looks like uh, one of the nerds that joined Cobra Kai and turns bully. Everton were also recently uh, gazumped for Dan Juma by Tottenham. Uh, Dan Juma had actually completed a medical and agreed to sign to Everton, um, then went his merry way and refused to send his registration paperwork into the FA. Everton believed the deal had been done. Um, he snuck off and signed for Tottenham and immediately scored a goal for them too. Yeah, that's probably enough beating on Everton for now. Um, in uh, footy pop culture news, Wrexham and uh, Sheffield played in the FA Cup this week. Ryan Reynolds was on site to watch the game, and uh, hmm, I don't want to be cynical about it, but there's a lot of Ryan Reynolds' reaction shots on the internet, and he's an actor, and he knows he's on camera the whole time, and I, I kind of can't get that out of my head. Um, but regardless, the end of that game wasn't scripted, and it was super dramatic. Non-league Wrexham scored... Um, what looked to be a, a late winner in about the 89th minute, only for uh, four minutes later in stoppage time, Sheffield to to score an equalizer and just crush everybody, um, Deadpool included. So uh, that was a tough one, tough loss for Ryan Reynolds, but he doesn't take many L's, so I think he'll be fine.
let's talk positives. Let's talk Brighton. I can't really think of a um, much brighter positive in the league right now. This team's incredible. Um, they just lost supposedly uh, the manager that was guiding all of their success. But I think we're starting to see that it's the infrastructure of the club and the system behind it that's really building something solid and long-term. Um, just in the past few years, let's look at a couple of Brighton's um, notable sales. We got uh, Cucurella to Chelsea, Yves Basuma to Tottenham, uh, Trissard to Arsenal just happened. Ben White also went to Arsenal from Brighton. Dan Byrne to Newcastle. Those are just the highest um, grossing uh, transfers, but there are piles more below that that really stack up um, that have really allowed Brighton to start operating from a place of uh, security, and they're starting to play hardball in the transfer window. Um, just this past window, denying uh, Moises Caicedo, their new uh, late great midfield discovery, against his holding him against his will, uh, refusing to be bullied by uh, Arsenal and Chelsea, who were both fighting over him. Um, Pretty impressive stuff, and you have to wonder if Brighton are not only an established Premier League team these days, but looking to establish themselves in the next few years as a solid European team. They're doing everything right, and I'm a big fan, um, despite the fact that they beat Liverpool twice this month, this past month. This episode of Soccer Situations is brought to you by Littlefoot Coffee. I mean, what can I say about Littlefoot Coffee? Um, they're not just friends of the pod, they're family of the pod, quite literally. Um, Alex started Littlefoot years ago after more than a decade of roasting experience, um, roasting coffee for some of the hottest, most fashionable, and uh, most importantly, tasty specialty coffee roasters in America. My favorite thing about it is that it's just really high-grade coffee without a drop of pretense. You're not going to find a bunch of weird, savory notes that the roaster is passing off as intentional. It's just really sweet, comforting flavors that everybody wants in their coffee. And now, for a limited time only, you can get 15% off at littlefootcoffee.com. Promo code SITUATIONS. Once again, you can get 15% off at littlefootcoffee.com using the promo code SITUATIONS. Even though they did block out Chelsea on the Caicedo deal, I don't think Chelsea fans are going to be too upset. Um, it seems like their spending spree is continuing. I should mention that I'm recording this on transfer deadline day, watching live text as I record. Um, as of this moment, um, Chelsea had submitted a 115 million pound bid for Enzo Fernandez, but um, as of this moment, it's being reported that Benfica is holding firm and he's not going to move in this window. But um, Chelsea have spent over 200 million this window, and it looks like they're not trying to stop anytime soon. Um, I think this season is probably a wash for them. Um, even if Potter gets this team together, it's a lot of new players to bet in. And they've got a lot of ground to recover from, um, to recover. Um, but it's going to be really interesting to see how they line up next season. Um, they've got a pretty terrifying pool of talent at this point at Chelsea. Um, 
Just to bomb through a couple other headlines real quick. Uh, Zhao Cancelo left Manchester City for Bayern Munich today. Apparently, he had a bust up with Pep over not being started in the Arsenal game. And that relationship collapsed very quickly. Um, I thought Cancelo was a hell of a fullback. Um, but he's off to Bayern. Um, I believe there is an option to buy at the end of the season as well. It is a loan with an option to buy. Less notable but interesting um, tipster transfer, uh, Isco to Union Berlin in the Bundesliga. Um, I decided that Union Berlin was going to be like my hipster second team the moment they were promoted uh, a couple of these seasons ago. Um, for a lot of the same reasons that I chose Liverpool, actually. They have a really cool crest that looks like commie propaganda. I love that. Um, they're an unabashedly leftist club as well. Um, they hail from a cool city with kind of a troubled past and a really famous music scene. Um, a lot of ties between uh, my hometown of Detroit, Liverpool, and Berlin. Um, and uh, yeah, Union, they play in a cool little stadium in a forest. And now they've got Isco um, dictating play, hopefully. It's good to know that I have a place to fall if Liverpool sell out to the Qataris, actually. And I inevitably sort of lose my lust for the Premier League. Um, that place is, is Union Berlin. I think uh, I'll be a Bundesliga guy. And yeah, I think that could be a, a fun little adventure. And um, I act like I'm hopping in on uh, a trend before it takes off, but they're actually sitting second in the table right now in Bundesliga. So I think regardless um, of my motivations, it's time to start paying closer attention to that team. Okay, on to um, a little special feature I'm doing for the 10th episode today. Um, I'm going to give you a quick countdown of my five favorite number 10s in the game. This list is only composed of players I've seen play a lot um, that I feel like I knew pretty comfortably style-wise. Um, so there's going to be some big names missing from the list. There's definitely no Pele on this list. There's no Romario on this list. There's not even a Ronaldinho on this list. Um, so, you know, calm down and let's go. Um, first one, number five, is going to catch some eye rolls because of his more recent reputation. But Felipe Coutinho, man. Um, when Liverpool signed Coutinho, he looked like such a sweet baby boy. He had a little, uh, he had a little Coutinho fro <laughs> and he was only making like tiny waves at enter. Um, so much so we, we bought him for, I believe eight and a half million and immediately he began, he began orchestrating one of the best attacks the premier league has ever seen. And that's not an exaggeration. I know he didn't win anything, but that was due to lack of defense. Um, that attack um, was absolutely electric. He was the definition of a luxury player. I don't think I ever saw him make a tackle in his years at Liverpool. But he could dribble and find a yard of space. And uh, with that space, he would just unleash lethally accurate through balls. Um, he could send him over the top. He could ping him along the ground to feet. And he had the best trio running onto them, just the perfect trio in Daniel Sturridge, Luis Suarez, and Raheem Sterling. Uh, those three players just feasted on goals um, off of Coutinho through balls. Uh, it was so entertaining, honestly. I enjoyed that, that game, that 13-14 season especially, so much that I, I actually forgive 
his theatrics in leaving Liverpool um, to force a move to Barcelona. I get it, Phil. It didn't work out for you, but um, even that sale seismically benefited the club, so I can't be mad. Number four on this list, and I promise the last Liverpool player on this list, is my guy Sadio Mane. Um, Sadio did wear number 10, um, but he didn't really play the position in the spiritual sense, not often at least. Uh, He was more of an out-and-out winger, but he did tend to cover central positions, um, especially as Firmino's form slowed a little bit. Um, And when he did come inside, uh, of course, he had all the attributes to succeed. He had a great touch, a great pass, um, really, really creative and uh, visionary player. I think he would have been a world-class number 10, honestly, if he hadn't also been so deadly on the wing. If he had played for another club, he might have found his way into the position a lot sooner. But more importantly for me, I love the man as much as the player. Uh, he always played with a smile. He's a goofy guy. Um, he was always copying the celebrations of his more celebrated teammates. He's famously selfless having built schools, hospitals, and honestly, at this point, God knows what else. I haven't been keeping tabs in his hometown in Senegal. Um, he's provided them with all the modern infrastructure you could that we all take for granted. It's incredible stuff. Um, I don't think it's a coincidence that the heart fell out of this team when Sadio left. He's a great, great man. Number three for me is Zinedine Zidane. Zidane was one of the early, like, really enigmatic characters that kind of drew me into the game past the sport itself. I was immediately so curious about this guy just based on the intensity of his face. I was so curious about him. Um, He didn't look like an athlete, even though he had the build and obvious athleticism. He looked so intelligent and like a hawk. And... um, It was obvious, and I wasn't alone in that. Um, In 2008, Universal Pictures actually released a little art house film that was simply, uh, it was just an edit of 17 cameras tracking Zidane throughout the course of a game. The cameras don't follow the action of the game at all unless he's involved. They were mostly um, close shots on his face and body shots just following him throughout the course of a game. Just studying the intensity and... uh, the handsomeness of his face. Um, it really makes you think he w- he could have been a world-class actor if he wasn't, uh, if he wasn't such a good footballer. Uh, his charisma is just simply off the charts um, without even discussing his footballing ability, which is complete, powerful, graceful, visionary passer. He's just like a, a brutal ballet dancer. Um, I'm going to use that term ballet again, but it is something that I see uh, really grace and power um, in all the, all of my favorite players. Um, Zidane played particularly angry for such a graceful player, though, and I love that about him. Number two is uh, Dennis Bergkamp. He looks like a 90s dad who was probably an electrician, but instead he's a legendary footballer who had possibly the greatest first touch of all time. He scored my favorite goal of all time, that's for sure. Versus Newcastle, he's at the top of the box with his back to goal as the ball comes into his feet. He flicks it with his left toe across his body uh, to the defender's right while he pirouettes around to the defender's left. Him and the ball reunite behind the defender, and he just turns his, opens his body and slots home into the corner of the net with just 
ice cold precision. It's it's pure ballet. It's pure ballet. I know I just said that about Zidane, but it applies to both. It's so beautiful. You can hear in the commentator's voice that he can't quite believe what he just saw. Burkamp suddenly changed pace through the center. It's Burkamp. That's magnificent. The move. And then this. Also, um, Burkamp holds the honor of being the only non-Liverpool player whose name I've ever worn on my back. Um, that was possible, thank you to the quality merchandise of Saturday's football out of Los Angeles. All right, on to number one. Um, it's a name that I think everybody, even the most casual fans, have probably heard enough in the past couple of months um, as he and or FIFA Money um, guided Argentina to a World Cup victory in Qatar. But let's not be stupid. The best number 10 of all time is Leo Messi. And uh, I don't think it has anything to do with the fact that he came of age right as I was gaining a deeper understanding of the game because you don't need any understanding of the game to see that Messi is special. In his youth, when he had his uh, cool Nirvana haircut, his runs literally made it look like everyone else on the pitch had stopped playing. Sometimes you, if you didn't have audio, you would think a whistle had gone. His finishing looked look scuffed or lucky a lot of times because they were so lightly hit, but they just nestled into the bottom corner every time. Um, they weren't scuffed. They just rolled so agonizingly slow because he didn't need the power. He just needed the accuracy. As I said, everyone's talked him up. I'm sure he's been on the cover of um, goddamn Vanity Fair this month or something, but... Um, he is, a one, he is the once-in-a-lifetime guy playing the game right now that plays the game like nobody else. And I appreciate talent more than achievement, um, which in, in that regard, comparisons to Ronaldo are just an insult to Messi. Ronaldo achieved a lot of his success through sheer force of will. Um, he doesn't have any of the magic that this guy has. He's truly one of a kind. The Prem's back this weekend, and uh, we've got some pretty good fixtures, to be honest. I'm looking forward to it. Chelsea host Fulham in a West London derby that's not balanced the way you'd think it would be. Um, we'll see if Mikhailo Mudrik can shake off his recent transfer and accusations of racism to um, help Chelsea uh, uh, get past the Cottagers, um, who are strangely outperforming Chelsea this season. Kicking off Saturday morning, Everton is hosting Arsenal. Um, Dyche is in for a, a tough start to his time at Goodison. That's uh, top of the league versus a relegation contender. So hopefully we see just some rampant abuse. Wolves are hosting Liverpool again. That should be another 90 minutes of splendid mediocrity. And probably the fixture of the weekend, Tottenham Hotspur are hosting Manchester City. Um I think I know how that one will probably play out. But if City drop any more points, um, it's getting down to the wire where we can start talking about Arsenal wrapping up the season. Um, interesting times in North London this weekend. Tottenham going to do Arsenal a favor. And with that, I think that will uh, wrap up this weird solo episode of Soccer Situations. Um Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.
situation. Soccer, 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 soccer situation. situation.